Built in Buffalo family, what is going on? It's your boy DM3. We are here with a packed house again tonight. Saturday night, Bill's Algae. You guys can find me all on Twitter at DM3 underscore BIB. Next to me, to my right, the other co-founder of Built in Buffalo, my guy, A. Rich. You can find him on Twitter at KingRich underscore 987. Bottom left, we'll hold on for one second because I got a special introduction for him. Bottom right, my guy, Colt, the other uh, one of the other guys that are here as co-hosting of Bill's Ology. That's Colt Schroeder. You can find him at underscore Schroeder. And bottom left, we are very thankful to have this man from Buffalo Rumblings, my guy, Jay Spence the King. You can find him on Twitter at Jay Spence the King. Jay Spence, I'll have you, I'll let you have first dibs. I appreciate you, man. What's going on? Happening. What's up with you, man? I'm 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 excited to be on the show with you. We've been trying to do this for a minute, man. I'm glad we could link up our schedules finally. I know it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be a really good show. We got a pack show. We got some usual suspects in the house. Ronald Enix, what's going on? PJT, Matthew Capizzi, <laughs> what's going on? We got the usual suspects in tonight. So we got a, like I said, we got a pack show. It's the bye week, so we're gonna talk about a lot of stuff to kind of get you over that bye week lull that we have tomorrow not sure who you guys are looking forward to watching we can get into that in a little bit first let's start off jay spence i'm gonna hit you right off uh, right off the right off the rip man how do you feel about where we stand at the bye week seven and three after what happened this past sunday which i don't like to talk about but we can if we want to how do you feel man i'm good um you know when it first happened you know obviously right after the show i went live with uh the chop up and kind of just vented for a minute and i was on there for like 15 20 minutes and i just let it out just like ah this sucks the frustration of that that you know being on the receiving the losing end of a hail mary play is just something that you know you see on tv you see it in college you see you know the the minnesota miracle you see other plays like it but to like actually be the team that it happens to it, it just sucks but <laughs> as a football fan First, I, I thoroughly like I, I fully respect Kyler Murray. I fully respect DeAndre Hopkins. Um, that play was nothing short of amazing. And um, you know, am I am I disappointed? Do I want, you know, did I pound the table that night? Like, why are you trying to jump ball and intercept the ball with DeAndre Hopkins? You know, why don't you bat the ball down? You know, yeah, I did. Uh, you know, I think every Bills fan did. But we're seven and three, we're first in the division. Um, we got the second half of the season that is still pretty favorable if you really look at the way the season is playing out. Um, we have a tough game coming up against Pittsburgh. We have a, a rookie. As soon as we come out of the uh, the bye week, we have a rookie quarterback that's kind of he's he's playing pretty well this season. So it's not one of those games where I just feel like it's a write off, but it's one that we should win because they're his play isn't you know it's not turning into wins for them. So they're not playing at the same level as the seven and three Buffalo Bills, um, the 49ers at the beginning of the season and off season. Yeah. I was nervous. Like, okay, they, they were in a Super Bowl. <laughs> they have a good roster. Garoppolo is still, you know, that's still Garoppolo and they got a good running game and they got, okay. Half their team is on injured reserve. Uh, Danny, uh, Danny, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo won't be active the week that we play them. Uh, Kittle will not be active the week that we play them. Uh, so there is just, it's not the same roster that you were looking at. So that turns into a matchup where it's like, if the bills don't win, Huh, something's wrong with that. Right. And then again, you have other games that you're looking at where it's like, dude, we should really, the Patriots, we saw what we did against them. We should have definitely performed better and we should have beat them like way, way worse than we did. I, I'm happy. I, I feel like um, week 17, we got, we got Miami. 
if it comes down, like if they play lights out the rest of the season and it comes down to, okay, we have to win week 17 against Miami Dolphins in Buffalo <clears throat> against a rookie quarterback, even though he's a good, very good rookie quarterback. I just I'm I'm happy, man. I trust Josh at this point. It's so refreshing to to be a fan of a team that has a quarterback where you're not nervous when he has the ball in the fourth quarter. I agree. I agree a thousand percent with almost everything that you said. So I got to hit the comment section because um, apparently I'm getting some slack. Who's yeah, the child? You got, child you got called out early. <laughs> yeah, you got called um, out real early. So here we go. Shade because Alan did. Yes. So a couple things happened. So. My better half, also known as better half. the wifey, um, said it oh, was I a little. Talking about Josh, I'm sorry. Oh. I, thought he was, I thought he was talking about me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean that. That I mean either, either way. <laughs> I feel left. I feel left out. Oh come on, Cole. Come on, Cole. You have a special place. Oh man. Um. So I was kind of called out on the beard action. So got rid of that. Um, and then I went to put my contacts in for the show in one tour and a half. It was my last pair. So you get the 15-year-old version of DM3 um, minus the PG-13 rating. So, so Jay Spence, you brought, you brought up something um, about the Miami Dolphins. And I wanted to touch on this a little bit in the show, but I think it's a perfect segue. Um, so, Colt, yeah. give me your level of concern about the six – and three Miami Dolphins, knowing that they play the Denver Broncos, who look like they're going to be without Drew Locke this this weekend. Um, and if they win, they're seven and three. Technically, we have the head to head advantage. What's your level of concern with the Miami Dolphins right now? I mean, I'm concerned with this team playing well, but I anticipated this was going to be the future of the division. You know, like we've got young quarterbacks. This is going to take place. Like this is what we want, right? Like we don't. We want them to be saying the AFC East is the best division, right? Like you, when you win in the AFC East, you're winning. They're not saying that right now because the Patriots aren't doing it. So right now they're playing really well. But as Jay Spence alluded to, if I'm going to look at Miami's schedule and I'm going to look at our schedule and I'm going to look at our quarterback and their quarterback, I see us in a much more favorable position than they are, mm -hmm. right? They've got some big games up. And the kid that just came out and said it, it's pretty easy or whatever, you know, like yeah. he's going to play some big games. I, this Denver team is a big game. I'm concerned about us going to Denver. Vic Fangio is not he's not a terrible coach. Their defense is decent. Right. And so if our offense gets held in check, can our defense continue to hold up? And that's also why I believe that we are going to surpass Miami is because I think our defense has got tread, right? We're, we're, yeah. we're now we're picking up the tread right now. And I think that we just held two really good offenses. If when you, I, my like check-in point would have been, I still feel like we're eight and two, even though it says seven and three, we beat Arizona, right? As far as I'm concerned, they went on a hail Mary and yes, the, it's a loss, but we beat Arizona. We came down. We did what we needed to do to win. The defense made some terrible plays at the end, but I feel like this is an eight and two football team. And I look at the schedule the rest of the way. Pittsburgh's the only true challenge, I believe. Right? Like, and I'm not even sure that they're a challenge if the defense really trends the way that I believe they are right now. Hey, Rich, how do you feel about two a time since, uh, like Colt alluded to earlier, you know, the transition I thought would be harder than this in. How, how do you feel about fins up and all this stuff that we're starting to see? And you just lost the division because you couldn't beat the Cardinals and all this stuff. How, how do you feel about Miami? Uh, I enjoy it. 
I embrace it. Uh, nobody should want things easy. I know we're supposed to win the AFC title and the AFC division first time in a long time because we assume the Patriots are not the Patriots anymore and we're the next team up. But the Miami Dolphins, Brian Flores, uh, they did an excellent job. You know, uh, I think Brian Flores is an excellent coach and I think they're a year ahead of expectations. They have two uh, first round picks next year. So the Dolphins are going to be around. But as far as this year and uh, Tua, I really like him as a quarterback, but he's only played a couple of games. Right. And what do we know about this NFL? This is a smart NFL, smart defensive coaches, uh, smart defensive coordinators. They're going to look at film, break down film and adjust accordingly to uh, to Tua's game. So we're going to see what type of adjustments he makes after the league adjusts to him. But am I worried about Miami Dolphins and tour overall? No, I am not. Because we don't need no help to win the division right now. We still control our own destiny. And I don't know why everybody's so high on Denver. <laughs> uh, Drew Locke, uh, it doesn't matter who the quarterback is over in Denver. They don't have the quarterback. I'm not really high on them as most. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, the uh, L.A. Chargers, I think they're a good team. They have problems closing out games. I hope they don't figure it out against us. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> But uh, I think we control our own destiny. And if we are who I think we are, I think we're going to take this division. It's just going to take some work. Yeah, and I, I think, too, looking at the schedule before the season started and looking at where we had the bye week, we're – I was like, man, that's a long stretch of games until we get a bye week. Looking at it now, after what just happened with the, the COVID reserve list and Matt Milano, we'll, we'll, we'll get him back and stuff like that. I think it was the perfect time to have, you know, retool for the last six games, especially coming off that heartbreaking loss to the Cardinals. I think this is the perfect time um, to have the bye week. Let's get healthy. Um, and can I, I real quick before, yeah, we, go ahead, before we move on, can I jump in? Because um, one of the things that you said, I just wanted to agree with you. You mentioned about um, the Dolphins being a year ahead of schedule and they have two first round picks. Listen, Miami, I, I get a lot of Bills fans don't want to give them credit because it's Miami. I get it. They're in our division. But Miami is doing the exact same thing that the Buffalo Bills did. This is basically Sean McDermott 2.0 happening all over again. Yeah. In, down south um you know they're ahead of expectations they're probably going to make the playoffs this year even if it's as a wild card which i'm hoping because yeah. right now we should win the division we're four and oh in the division they're one and two so and, and i mean so even if the record comes close you know we should there's no reason that we should lose two games at the end of the season to a the patriots and b the dolphins and if so they have to run the table for the rest of the season in the division as well as perform well with the games that are outside of the division so miami has a much tougher you know road ahead but i just want to give them some credit like you said brian flores is a heck of a coach man yeah like if we didn't have sean mcdermott he would be the type of coach that i would want here in buffalo or eric from out in kansas city you know their offensive coordinator somebody like that like yeah these guys are leaders and guys will run through walls doors like what they run through walls of fire for these guys those are the type of coaches i want yep yeah and and to your point too is i think that the miami dolphins looking at the 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 roster top to bottom i feel like they are a little bit of a slim down version of the 2019 bills i would have said the 2017 bills but i feel like 
the defense is there. Everybody's talking about how good their defense and their defense is winning them games. Let, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. They're getting turnovers. They're they're getting fumble returns, That's pick insane. six. Well, special teams too. I mean, they, special beat teams. The, they beat the Rams with 92 yards passing. It was yeah, because so, they had two great plays besides that, right? So they're, yeah. they're a slimmed down version of the Bills from last year, just not as capable on offense. Now their offense isn't bad by any means, um, but I don't think that, Anybody should be concerned that if you get into a defensive matchup against the Dolphins, I don't think Tua is going to be the guy that you're going to be concerned about. Nothing right. against Tua because I think that he's going to be a franchise quarterback, and we want to see that Tua right. versus Josh head to head every year. That's what we like. Like A. Rich said, that's what we want. Um, all right, so I'm going to hit the comment section real quick. If you guys need <laughs> yep. some water or uh, need to run some wind sprints while you're, after while you're all checking that. the comments, man. I'm looking at the stats here for it. So, so Tua has game four games played. He has 49 completions in four games played. So right. while I agree with you, he's going to be a franchise quarterback, 49 completions. Like Josh wow. has two games this season where he has that many attempts. Right. So, you know, it, it's a different level. He's not, Tua is not winning the games for, for Miami. Miami has a defense that's showing up. They have, like you said, special teams that's showing up and, you know, and then they're getting some, you know, they're getting some good bounces. They're, you know, things that are going their way that happens when you're a good, when you're a team, when you're a team that that's yeah. disciplined, you don't make mistakes and you have good coaching. That's what happens. The, the games that you normally would lose. So, for instance, the games that the Patriots normally win. You know, when Tom Brady was there, every every time it was close and he got the ball in the fourth quarter, they win those. Cam, the quarterback for the Patriots now, th- that's not happening. They have now, I think, four games this season where they lost in the last couple minutes of the, you know, either on the last drive or in the last couple minutes. That, so it, it's just reversing, man. Buffalo is one of those games. Miami is starting to win those games. They're a good team, man. It, it's exciting. And that's yeah. and that's and that's what happens uh, when you when you have a good coach, right? When you have a yeah. good coach, you can get below average to average players to perform at exceeding expectations. And we saw that from Brian Flores last year towards the end of the season with the Miami Dolphins. He started to rally those troops and win a lot of ball games. They even won, if I'm not mistaken, on a crazy play uh, against the New England Patriots, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, Brian Flores does a great job, just like Sean McDermott, getting his troops to play, don't matter the talent level. And when you add talent to a football team that these guys are coaching, they are going to perform. Yeah, it's like it's very it's eerily similar to Sean McDermott in 2017. There's there's no the historians will tell you that there's no way the Bills should have made the playoffs in 2017. Help from the Ravens losing to the Bengals, Andy Dalton, all that stuff. He to your to both your guys' points, he got the guys on that team to to buy into the system, to buy into the culture, and to out you know outperform any kind of expectations, and they made the playoffs. And um, I saw a comment in here that was extremely extremely interesting. There's been no easy win for the Bills, that's for damn sure. So so I'd say Seattle was an easy win. Seattle was pretty easy, yeah. Um, so. This is really good because if you look at the Bills are seven and three. Last year they were seven and three at the same time. Now everybody will probably agree with me when I say that our schedule this year was completely a hundred times harder than it was last season. 
So Bills fans should be positive about the fact that we've gone up against tougher competition and we still mm-hmm. manufactured the same amount of wins as we did last year into what Colt was talking about earlier. We're a Hail Mary away from being eight and two. We're a third and 18 stop against the Chiefs on defense mm-hmm. from getting the ball with a chance to win that game. Um, and and to be honest with you, I, I just if any if you guys haven't watched the video that we put out on our um, YouTube channel today, Josh's best throws, um, shameless plug for our YouTube channel, but Josh's best throws through week 10. I watched the entire Chiefs game again, and I was not wowed by what the Chiefs did. Now, I know the game plan from the Bills was to let them run, try not to let not give up any big plays, but the Bills could have won that game. And I'm not crazy. I don't think I'm crazy for saying that. Yeah, and, I think the Tennessee game was the only true real loss of the season, right? Like, and, and if see, you, I, I look at that opposite. I think that the Tennessee game, I know the score looked differently. I feel like the Tennessee game is one that we should have won. And yeah. the Kansas City game, I, I think Kansas City dominated us and the score was closer than it should have been only because they chose to allow it to be that close. Yeah. And then like Maybe. to your point, to your to your point, the Tennessee game, I mean Josh threw for over 260 yards, and it was just a bunch of bad stuff just kept happening. The turnovers, bad special teams play, piss-poor field position, really good field position for the Titans. So, I mean, it is what it is. So, with that being said, anything else about the 7-3 you guys want to touch on? Any comments about the AFC East? Are we concerned? Well, I mean, Miami. looking at Miami's schedule, right, they've got Cincinnati, Kansas City, New England, Raiders, and then us, right? That's – that's a tough stretch to get through, right? I mean, that's what you can say what you want about New England. They're still going to play them tough because it's going to be a division game. That's just how it is, right? So they're they're going to seriously be challenged, and the only way they're going to be standing at the end is if they can get through that gauntlet. And I mean, that's we went one and one against Kansas City and Vegas, right? So yeah, I mean, that's a that's a good point. That's a really good. They've point. got a tough schedule, so I, I I feel like ours is a little lighter than that. I don't. I don't know. And I, honestly, I'm not worried about their schedule. We are ahead of them. We take mm-hmm. care of business. Everybody's back here. I don't. <laughs> yeah, I, I, right. I'm not turning around. You so as long as you. I, as long as I don't have to turn around, <laughs> I'm I'm completely fine. Bro, I don't give a damn about the Miami Dolphins. When I'm driving, we are ahead of them. I look at the stuff in front of me. I don't. I don't. I don't check my exactly. rearview mirror when exactly. I'm driving. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm trying to get to my destination. Don't nobody care about where I already been. Exactly. So yeah. I don't. I don't get hit by some I'm idiot wishing. behind you, though. Well, but I'm not looking for it. He might not be if looking I, at you. No. Now, if I got hit, that's when I got to worry about it. But I'm not. Oh, yeah. I'm not. I'm not worried about what's, what's behind me because no, I the thing is, you. I need to pay attention to what's in front of me because I don't yeah. want to run into nothing. We're very you know, winnable. We're very winnable the rest yeah. of the way. I, Look, would, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't lose another one. Honestly. I I said ah. this. I, I said this on Wednesday. Sean McDermott's coach teams are extremely streaky. It could be good or bad. If you just look at the history of since he's been here in 2017. Everybody thought the wheels were falling off when we were five and two in 2017, then we lost three in a row. He righted that shit. Coming off what just happened on Sunday, I feel like we're gonna go on another streak. And I said Wednesday, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we still go twelve and four. And I said that the last game or the, the the last game we lose this season will be week seventeen because we are resting our starters against the Miami Dolphins. We don't need to win that game. And I got a lot of shit from Dolphins fans, and I mm-hmm. don't really care because <laughs> I feel like 
like you guys have just both said, I think that this team's going to come out angry. I think this team's going to come out hungry. And this team's been playing really well. So, yeah. all right. I agree, but I want to caution you, though, man. Like, I know earlier, I, I, I don't even remember who said, maybe it was A. Rich. Um, he's not nervous about Denver, and he's not as high on Denver. Um, yep. Denver is is built very much like the Buffalo Bills. The difference is their quarterback doesn't do the same things that Josh Allen does. But the, to me, Denver is constructed a lot like last year's version of the Buffalo Bills. They have a defense that comes ready to play. They're tough. Um, and the quarterback, he has an it factor. He hasn't like clicked into it to do it consistently yet. Just like last season, Josh didn't do it consistently yet. But I'm telling you, he has those moments. He has those flashes. And I wouldn't overlook that game, um, the Pittsburgh game as well. Man, I'm just saying there's two of them that I would be hesitant on. Okay. Yeah, I'd agree with both of those as a challenge for sure, um, basically because they both have good defenses. And yeah. our offense is starting to really click, and it looks really good right now. But as the cold weather hits, is the passing game still going to be there? Is it because that's what we're relying on? So I, I agree with that 100%. There's definitely two losses in there, but I would take those two challenges over what Miami has to face the rest of for the sure. way, right? For you sure. know, I think we still come out on top. One of the one more loss, one of those games, we got to beat Denver. If we can beat teams like that, we prove that this team is different, right? Those, right. those are the, the wins that we would not typically get. And if we right. get them this year, we prove that this team is ready to win the division. Right. You And you're supposed to – if you're a good team, you're supposed to do two things. You're supposed to beat the teams that you're supposed to beat, and you're supposed to win some ugly games because it's the NFL. And the Bills have done that, you know, the 18-10 game against the Jets. That should have been far more – of, of a more higher scoring game than it was. And then, <laughs> and then, and then you, and then you go and you do to the Seattle who just beat the Cardinals. So, I mean, this, this is a good team. This is a good team. So something I want to talk about, I know a rich really wants to touch on this. And I think all of bills, mafia, all bills fans all over. This is something that's not new to everybody. Um, the issues coming out of the half. Now I saw some stats that were put up on social media on Twitter about the fact that the Bills aren't being outplayed really a lot if you look at the stats and you look at the scoring. But it seems like this team comes out of the second half flat. I mean, there's a couple games when they came out and they went right down the field and scored. And then there's a couple times when they're like three and out. Boy, that was a really bad drive. Like, what's going on? And then it's I feel like the defense kind of loses some momentum and the other teams start. Look at the, the, the Cardinals game. We went out, scored, and the Cardinals came right back and scored two two straight touchdowns. And it's like, okay, this is a game now. So, A. Rich, touch on it, man. How do you feel, or what? What do you think is causing these third quarter, second half? Because we know fourth quarter is fourth quarter. They they the Bills do their thing in the fourth quarter, right? Obviously, Josh comes to play in the fourth quarter. But what's your take on these third quarter woes that the Bills seem to have this year? Coaching. The Buffalo Bills coaching struggle to adjust to the other team's adjustments coming out of halftime. And I think it's becoming apparent because we've been going through this for a number of years now. I believe the Buffalo Bills does a, do a great job during the week implementing the game plan. I think they do a great job uh, in the fourth quarter adjusting back to their game plan. But something comes out, something comes out wrong 
in that halftime to third quarter where the opposite opposite coach, doesn't matter who the coach is, is out coaching Sean McDermott in these third quarters. And and it has to be rectified. 76 to 30 uh, after the uh, Arizona Cardinal game is, is definitely a problem. I think it lies in coaching. I think it has to start there. Jay Spence, what do you think, man? Uh, I respectfully disagree. I think that um, what ends up happening, well, I agree with you about how the Bills do a great job during the week about scripting and and doing things for the first half. Second half of the game, what I think ends up happening, at least least from what I've watched on film, it looks like the Bills try to consistently do what they did in the first half because they're winning. Normally, when we go into the half, it looks like we're, we're we're in a good place. And what happens is the Bills, because we're ahead, we just want to keep doing what we're doing and the other team has to react to us. So when they when those adjustments are made, we then have to adjust and react to their adjustments, which normally does take us a couple typically going into the end of the third quarter or the beginning of the fourth, which is the reason why the third quarter woes are there. What I really think needs to happen and what I would love to happen. I just don't know if I don't know why this conversation hasn't happened. If it hasn't, if when you're going into a game, you have to have multiple ways to beat a team like you just do. You know, um, you can't, you know, OK, they have a weak run defense, so we're going to beat them with the run. What if they're having a game and, and these guys all of a sudden are having the game of their lives and they're playing great? What's our other attack? So what has to happen is instead of us doing the same thing, we do have to pr- proactively make adjustments. We can't wait like we can't react to their adjustments after we have to go in and say, OK, you're going to adjust to what we did in the first half. So now we're going to switch it up. So when you think we're going to do what we were doing, you're confused and we're going to beat you a different way. That's what has to happen. The, the, the thing is, we're not executing in the third quarter because we're just trying to do the same thing that we were doing the first and second quarter. And once they made those adjustments, <clears throat> it just doesn't work. Absolutely. Colt, what do you think, man? You agree with yeah. these fellows? Or yeah, I mean, I'm a, li- I'm a little bit on board. I mean, like Cody just mentioned, I mean, it's very interesting, right, that the defense has done a very good job coming out in the first half, actually, right, which is surprising for a defense that hasn't been good that much this year. But what it says to me is that the offense comes out, like Jay Spence was just alluding to, is it's, for me, a lot of time, I feel like when we come out of the half, we already have this, like, let's just go out and be vanilla attitude to try to see what they're going to do to us with no true game plan of what we want to just do to them mm-hmm. instead of saying, Hey, why don't we just go out here and keep doing what we're doing? Right? Like, Hey, they're probably going to change up what they're doing, but who says they can stop us? Right? Like, so let's just keep doing what we were doing mm-hmm. until they stop us. And if they stop us, then we say, Oh, so this is what they're doing now. And then we can do something different, right? I, I feel like every time we just come out offensively and almost waste the series to try to figure out what they're going to do instead of just saying, why don't you just prove to us you figured out how to stop us from the first half, right? Because a lot of times we're rolling and we just come out and we try to change it up when maybe we shouldn't have even changed it up. So I agree, I agree with A. Rich a little bit on the coaching side of it. And this is the NFL. Like everybody's trying to be cooler than the other guy, right? Like yeah. uh, they want to outcoach him. They want to be, I mean, every one of these guys is a dude, <laughs> right? They're trying to, they want to win. I mean, yes, I respect you. I beat the shit out of him today, right? Like, I mean, come on. We know it's there. So yeah. I think it's a bit of what both of you guys said, but I offensively, I, I think our mentality changes for some unknown reason. And we just never have that killer like let's just go keep doing what we want to do instead of figuring out what they want us to do you know something interesting i i I saw breaking down all this josh film the last the last three days um 
there's times when I'd love to be a fly on the wall when they do film study after the game, because there's times when it's obviously a, a design called run play and Josh gets to the line and does the normal Josh stuff, you know, cameras right on him and you can see him. He's, he's looking, 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 he's scanning the field. He does his, you know, I swear every time Josh gets to the line, he wants to draw somebody off sides with his, with his, you know, strong height calls. But there's times when I'm a little bit concerned about what he's seen when it's a design run. I'm wondering how much leeway he's given to check out of a play and to call an audible because there's been times when he looks, he's looking, he's looking, and then he goes and hands the ball off. It's a six yard loss. And there was a, I'm not going to say it was a lot, but there was quite a few times when if you would have, checked out of this player if you would have called an audible or something realign these guys you probably could have had something in the past game so jay spence how much free reign how much wiggle room how much is brian dable you think given to josh to actually get to the line after 15 seconds and the, and the mic cuts off to you know call the offense change plays how, how much how much free reign do you think he's given from what I've seen, it looks like they gave him the keys and he's just driving, you know. Um, so the the John Brown, the famous John Brown screen that we saw the last two weeks now where he, uh, you know, the first week he ran and almost scored a touchdown. And then he, I think, tripped over Brian Winters or something. Mm -hmm. And then um, this last week, same thing, uh, same play, almost scored on a third and 17 or something crazy like that. Those were both audibles that Josh caught at the last second because he saw what the defense was in. Um, there's been multiple plays where he's called his own number to, to run or he's caught, you know, he's changed it. Um, I think sometimes he makes the wrong call. <laughs> so to speak to what right, you mentioned about right. uh, where he hands it <laughs> off and, and he's, it's a five yard loss on a first down, you know, when you're handing yeah. off as opposed to, which I don't get. Um, one of the things that I, I do think that needs to happen though, as far as Josh being given the keys I would very much like to know because it might be and I just don't I can't tell. I would very much like for it to be a very scripted number of plays for him. Um, not that I don't trust. He's super smart. Like Josh is one of the, the smartest quarterbacks that we've had here in some. And that's saying something because EJ Manuel, as much as he didn't play well, he's very smart, dude. Um, we got I can go down a list of guys who are very, very smart. Uh, but but the thing with Josh is he because he's so good, because he's so talented. He he does still revert back to that hero ball mentality at, at moments. He mm -hmm. doesn't do it as much and as long as he used to do it, but he still does it. And, right. and at certain points of the game, I just get nervous still sometimes that like, OK, please don't audible into something that's going to make you do something nuts, man. And, and every once in a while, he'll call his own number. And, and I love when Josh runs. I love when Josh runs, but I hate when Josh runs because right. I just ha I get nervous about when he's. You know, he's trying to always get that extra yard. I was so proud of him this past Sunday. I don't know if anybody, if you saw my tweet, but I'm like, when Josh slides instead of taking unnecessary hits and I had like the heart eyes and I'm, because <laughs> yeah. it's just like, dude, I'm so in love with you when you do that. Right. But when he calls his own number and he tries to fight for the extra because right. he feels like the team needs that fire or whatever, that's when I get nervous, man. So I um, want one of those scripted plays to be the QB draw, right? Like, Last yeah. resort, Josh, if they leave the middle of the field open, just go just call the draw and look for it and just run up the middle and get and slide and get what you get. 
slide. That's, that's the end all yeah, be all. Slide, right? man. If you if you haven't figured it out, there's a couple seconds left. The middle's open. Just run up the middle, dude. Get what yep. you can get, and we'll live to fight another day. Yeah, I agree. Hey, Rich, how do you feel, man? Hey, you know I agree as well. I I, I want him to slide. I get nervous when he runs out the uh runs uh, uh out the pocket, but that's who Josh is. We have to take Josh as he is. Of course, we want him to be smart with the football. Of course, we want him to be smart with the body. But that is part of his mentality. His mentality is he's a football player, and he's going to try to get every inch, every ounce, every yard he can possibly get. And we galvanize, and we we uh we we gather around Josh, and we rally around him because of the mental makeup that he has. So uh, as much as I get scared when he does run, I don't want to take away what makes him him. And and part of getting those tough yardage and putting his body on the line is what makes him him. Yeah, and, and what's kind of you know makes this all come to fruition is the fact I was watching the Cardinals game the last drive that the Bills had the ball, and there's a play called, and Moss is in the flat, and there's nobody he could have ran to the he could have walked to the end zone, right? And Josh looked at him for a good second or so. And he's like, I don't want to take no, the easy, easy pass. <laughs> and Diggs is cutting across the middle and he fired a rocket into Diggs, who was on had t- man covered. He was tightly man covered and mm-hmm. he made the play, but you could see Moss was just like, come on, dude, I was wide open, man. Like just, <laughs> just give me one, just give me one. But um, Jay Spence, you alluded to um, like Josh will check, will check out a certain place and he goes with that screen pass. And it was brought up. Like a lot of people were, were praising him because of how good it looked in the Seattle game when he called it. Mm-hmm. I, I saw that play five times, that specific play to John Brown five times this season the exact same play and they tried it with Diggs, and it didn't work because <clears throat> where Gabe Davis was, Gabe Davis was supposed to, to run a pick and he, he never got there fast enough. Right. He didn't so, build the wall properly. Yeah, yeah. He didn't build the wall properly. So it ended up being like a three yard gain, but so, all right. Speaking of Stefan Diggs, well, before we get into that, if you guys are watching on Facebook, please share this video, please smash the like button. If you guys are watching on YouTube, hit the bell, smash, Smash, smash the like button. And if you could subscribe, that would be awesome. We have the normal crew in here, and we also have a special guest, Jay Spence from Buffalo Rumblings. He has been gracious enough to spend his Saturday night with us, and we couldn't appreciate it anymore. It's awesome to have him here. So I want to talk about Stefan Diggs, and I know this is something that A-Rich wants to talk about. Imagine, if you will, it's March, and we don't pull off a trade for Stefan Diggs. Do you think we would go free agency, or do you think that – we would, because I know somebody would want to sleep. Who, Aris? Who went to sleep? Who Emmanuel to sleep? Sanders. Emmanuel Sanders. And, th- and thank God. <laughs> thank, thank God, Emmanuel Sanders wanted to sleep on it and and decided to make that happen. Because if he didn't, he would probably be our number one receiver, right? So uh, I'm 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 gracious and I'm happy that uh, Emmanuel Sanders was able to to fall asleep and we was able to acquire Stephon Diggs. All right. So say that that didn't happen either. We're looking at the draft. Who was your guy that you guys wanted the Bills to take with their first with with the first round pick since we had it since we didn't trade for Diggs? Jay Spence, I'll go I'll let you go first, man. 
Well, there wasn't a receiver in this draft that I was like drooling over. My guy was drafted last year by the Seattle Seahawks and DK Metcalf. True that. To me, he was the perfect. He was the perfect combination for Josh Allen. And and I know, like, I'm I'm super happy we have Diggs now. And you know, so I'm not. Please don't get me wrong when I when I say this, but I still think DK Metcalf with Josh Allen would be a match made in heaven that we haven't seen yet. Like the size that that he has, the speed that he has, the strength, and and it's just is Diggs has this uncanny ability to run routes and create separation that makes him super great, and he can do the number one receiver things. Like he can win those jump balls, so he he's just awesome. But but DK Metcalf, man, like he's a different type of animal, like physically. And like you combine a dog like that with a dog like Josh, I just man, I, I that's what I was hoping for. But this year, I would have liked um, maybe CD Lamb. Okay, okay, not in the first round, though. Not in the first yeah. round. All right, Colt, how about you, man? Yeah, I mean, um, I I don't I've never thought we were going to draft a wide receiver there anyway. I I wasn't convinced. I would have thought that even if Diggs didn't happen, we were still going to go free agency to try to grab one more piece because I think they felt like having Brown and having Beasley already was very yeah. nice, right? So if we could grab just one more decent piece, it would be good, right? And we had other spots we needed to fill. So I, I never really thought that the wide receiver thing was going to happen. And I'm glad it didn't, honestly. I mean, some of these guys have looked good and great. I mean, Higgins has looked great. I mean, some of these kids have looked great, right? But long-term durability, I've watched a guy in Diggs do it for years now, and I'm very happy he's going to be doing it for a long term here with the Buffalo Bills, hopefully, because he has elevated the entire team to a new level, right? And much like, you know, Spencer was just talking about, like, sure, if we could have got, like, a Metcalf, yeah, I mean, it's 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 Diggs, you know, just in a bigger body with a little less twitch, right? So, I mean, he would have been outstanding too, but I'm happy with our decision, and I we probably would have taken a cornerback either way. So I'm interested to know, do you guys think the Buffalo Bills took a different approach that probably they shouldn't have? I believe the Buffalo Bills wanted a veteran presence at wide receiver to accelerate Josh Allen's process. So that is why we didn't go in the draft. I wanted to get your thoughts about that. Was that the wrong way of thinking because of the talent level that was in the draft? No, well, I, mean, I mean, we got we, two we bets own... already, but lo- they're both going to play like one more or two years maybe, and then Diggs is going to be here five, six years, so I agree with that. Well, uh, and, Diggs, I, th- I think Diggs will retire as a Buffalo Bill. I I, I honestly think that. Too. And I yeah. and I, I honest, I mean, we all know that he Bean tried to get Diggs last year. He, he came out and said at the trade deadline they just couldn't work out the specifics of whatever they wanted to do. Um, I, I, I think that – I don't think like like Jay Spence said. I don't think they were going to take a, a receiver in the first round. I think that they would have taken one of the one of the best cornerbacks that was there, honestly, because that spot is still no, uh, CB two is still kind of iffy. You got Wallace, you got Norman, you got all these other guys. They went with Dane Jackson. We may have had round. a Diggs. We may yeah. have still had a Diggs, right? Yeah, I and it would have been a good pick. And it would have yeah, been a good I mean, pick. Um, but from from I mean, unless you guys want to touch touch what a rich. Well, but the about. thing is with that, too, is like it, first. No, I, I don't think they they went the wrong route because um, as as talented as the receivers are, that was in this year's draft. When you look at 
obviously nobody is leading the league except Steph Diggs. So I, you know, I, I can't make the comparison on that level. But there's no rookie wide receiver in the league that it, Claypool in, in, included that I feel would have came in or come in on day one and made the type of impact that Diggs has made, not just statistically with Josh. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the uh, the the confidence that the offense walks with now is part of is, is Stefan Diggs. Um, the, even on defense, um, the games that we lost close on the sideline towards the end of the game, both Stefan Diggs and Josh Allen was encouraging the defense. They were encouraging the offense. It, there's a leadership that Stefan Diggs brings that a rookie wouldn't be able to bring. And, and I know some guys just have the it factor. So some guys are natural born leaders. Most of the guys in the NFL probably are a leader in some capacity in their lives. So, you know, but none of these rookies that came out the class were coming in like Moss level, like nobody's Randy Moss this year. So for you to get a Stefan, you, you, you traded for a, t- you spent a first round draft pick on a guy who's young and he's a top three to five receiver, depending on who you are and how you look at it. He's a top three to five receiver in the league. The production you're getting out of him, if you would have used a first round draft pick on a receiver this year, you wouldn't have gotten that type of production at least for another two years. And at he should least. have that production for like the next three to five years, right? Yeah. Like he's he's a stud. This is a perfect comment right here. We would not be seven and three without Stefan Diggs. And then uh, one more question before we get off, like the receiver train, I, I put the comment down while you guys were talking as content creators, how refreshing and how great does it feel right now that we don't have to talk about Duke Williams every week? <laughs> okay. So oh, you, just, you must oh, be a Duke fan. No, I, a Duke I, I, cut, no, I, cut, I cut him me? before the season started. I, I'm like, no, no way. I'm, I don't want to do I, that. Anymore. I am. I am the, I am not a, a Duke fan okay. at all. And okay. I didn't have him making my 53-man roster projection. I, did, I didn't have him making the practice squad because the Duke – the experiment is over, okay? The experiment's over. It's a great story. You know, he came and played minimal last year. I saw everything out of Duke that I needed to see in the AFC wildcard game when he could not create separation. He couldn't hang on to a pass that was dropped perfectly in his hands in the end zone that would have changed the course of that game. I, I just I've seen enough. The injuries, he couldn't stay on the field. I'm just no, not a Duke. I just I'm glad we don't have to talk about him anymore. Yeah, it's, it's, it's perfect. It's great. It's great. And sorry, I'm sorry for bringing No, it you're good, man, because <laughs> because we have Gabe Davis and we haven't even seen Isaiah Hodgins yet. So Duke, we don't need Duke. Point. Duke Williams go. Fine, Dave Spence. We no. haven't got our usual somebody bringing up Trent Murphy to piss Dave off yet. So. Oh yeah. That's a perfect <laughs> segue right into it. Yeah, I, there it is. Let's not. Let's not. Let's not. Let's, I don't. I don't even want to go. You there. really don't like Trent, man. I don't think any of us really like Trent, actually. But you, you, you know what it is. Really? For him. It, 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 you know what, what it is? is. It's not. It's not. We don't like Trent because I like Trent a little bit. I don't I like think, when he gets paid. I, 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 yeah. I, that's what I think it is. I think yeah. it's the contract, and the contract doesn't match the production, and that's where fans are a little hasty about uh, Trent Murphy. But me personally, I, I I like Trent. He's a he's a good depth piece. He's an expensive piece, but a good depth piece nevertheless. He's, he's, oh, hold on. He, he's he, and I want don't mean to cut you off, Jay, but oh, he's sure. extremely serviceable. I think he belongs in our rotation at defensive end. Absolutely. But at ten million dollars, it's 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 a tough pill to swallow that he's given us three and four sacks a year. Like I understand McDermott plays guys one week a certain way, 
Next week he plays them a different way because it's a run-heavy team we're going against. It's a pass-heavy team we're going against. It's just you can get guys, five, six million dollar guys, to do the same thing. Like everybody wants to bitch about Star and the ten million that he makes, but Star, we are seeing what happens when Star's not in this lineup. He's a run stuffer, and that's what they paid him ten million dollars for. But Trent Murphy's not. A defensive end, we we can get more production out of some of these other guys. I want to see what AJ Epinesa can do. We drafted him in the second round. I want to see what he can do. And Trent Murphy is is you know altering you know his growth. I know he's a rookie and he'll get he'll get his snaps when he, when he earns it. But uh, what were you gonna say, Jay? Well, no, I was just gonna say so to to that point for um, a rich. So it, it's the it's the contract isn't matching the production. So for this season. This season, outside of Josh, outside of maybe Daryl Williams on the offensive line, and I would say maybe Stefan Diggs, obviously. How many guys on the team can you say are playing up to their contract or outperforming their contract for this season? I don't that, think, I'm, and that's the thing. We're seven and three, and what I'm the question I'm asking is because I want to prove, or, or I'm going to kind of provoke you to to think about the fact that we really haven't played well, <laughs> like overall as a team. Right. Well, the whole defensive line is overpaid if you look at it that way, right? I mean, in that aspect, it's not just him. It is the whole line, in mm-hmm. in fact, right? But I think the, the piece with him was he was an option to move earlier on in the season where you could have cut that cost and maybe gone a different route where you yeah. brought in some of these other guys that you were now tied to, right? He was kind of that loose end that you maybe could have let go. But he's he's had his moments, and he's helped us massively in the early in the season, but he kind of comes in waves. But they've also treated the defensive line like a rotation this year. So it's you're paying a lot of money for guys that you're getting part time numbers for realistically at this point. Mm-hmm. And for sure, and to, I agree with to, you. I just playing. Yeah, no, I yeah, absolutely. To, I mean, to he's, answer he's your well. question, Jay, there's two guys that have earned their paychecks besides like the the guys you mentioned, Deion Dawkins and Jordan Poyer. Well, and they I'd both say got, as well. I mean, Beasley's earning his money. Well, mm-hmm. the guys that we the guys that we gave ex- extensions to the guys that we gave extensions to that were here previous before that those guys like Deion Dawkins I firmly believe is having his best year as a left tackle and everybody knows how I feel about Jordan Poyer he's the most underrated safety in the NFL um, he's got the most tackles by any safety in the NFL um, and I believe after he got paid he's like look I'm just going to keep doing what I do. Um, and he's been the backbone of that secondary. Like Tredavious White or not, he has been the backbone of that secondary all season. So, A-Rich, what do you think, man? I have to agree. I, I have to agree. I like I, <clears throat> Jordan Boyer has been playing uh, amazing ball this season. I think he's been put in a lot of great positions to make plays, and I think uh, he's lived up to that billing. So I, I definitely have to agree with with that Jordan Poyer statement. And again, Jay Spence is absolutely right. Right now, there's a lot of guys not playing up to their uh, to their contract. Right. But uh, like Cole alluded to, we had a guy in Trent Murphy for a number of years that I think fans think that he hasn't been playing up to his contract. So when the time in the offseason came about where we could have been. Uh, we could have released Trent Murphy and picked up a, susme- a substantial amount of cap space and the opportunity wasn't taken. I think some fans are have some cause from concern and then that that's where they look at the production to a further extent. 
I can see that. I can see that. All right. So let's kind of switch gears a little bit. Again, if you're watching on Facebook, please share this. Smash the like button if you're watching on YouTube. And if you haven't already smashed the like button, smash it right now. Um, punch it. Drop a people's elbow on it. Whatever you want to do. Backhand it. Whatever works for you. Um, hit that subscribe button. Also hit the bell so that way you get notified when we go live so you can watch all of our videos. All right. So let's talk a little bit about Josh Allen. And I know everybody wants to talk about his progression. Everybody wants to give kudos and props to Josh for how good he's doing this season. Um, I want to dig a little bit deeper into um, fundamentally what's going on, um, on the field stuff, what's going on, his mechanics, all that stuff. So, Jay Spence, since you're our guest, I'm going to start with you. Who should get the most credit um, besides Josh, obviously, for – the jump that he's taken from year two to year three. We saw we saw the little bit of a jump from year year one to year two. We were all you know positive about it. So who should get the most credit for I mean he has to be in the MVP conversation. I don't care what anybody else says. That's my honest opinion. I will fight tooth and nail to say that if you put his numbers up against some of these other quarterbacks, the teams that they've played, things like that. Um should have another game winning drive, but we don't want to talk about that. Um anyways so who do you think Jay Spence get, should get the bulk of the credit for his performance from 2019-2020? Um, well, I think it's a combination. Um, I don't think there's one person. If you want to give it to one person in particular, um, I would I would go to the ownership of the team by, you know, trusting the coaching staff to, to know the right people to put around Josh. So, for instance, over the summer, um, he, he works out with – uh what's his name jordan um jordan palmer, palmer. Yeah, jordan palmer. palmer um he he has a i think just from the just from everything from his techniques to the to footwork to you know just everything that you need to work the little details he's helped him tremendously with that i think you know our offensive coordinator has helped josh understand football as a game a, a whole lot better and helped him develop into a leader i think ken dorsey has played a major role in in Josh Norman or good grief I'm tripping tonight Josh Allen's <laughs> development and and obviously Coach McDermott so I would say the, the the ownership by putting the right person in place in Sean McDermott to do everything and orchestrate everything but Josh man you really you really got to give him the credit because he works harder than than any every quarterback I'm sure every quarterback in the league works hard but the kid like to to put in the type of work that he put in to grow from year one to year three, the way he did, the amount of growth that Josh is, it's phenomenal. It's phenomenal, mm -hmm. man. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. A rich. I know this is something you wanted to talk about. We talked about it a little bit earlier. What's your thoughts, man? Uh, you know what? Jay Spence is is a hundred percent correct. It's it's the it's the entire Buffalo Bills organization. First of all. Uh, we have to salute them for recognizing the untapped potential on draft night when they drafted Josh Allen, right? They seen something that he wasn't uh, at that at that point in 2018 when he drafted them, but they felt they was confident enough to uh, for the, for him to maximize his talent and reach his ceiling. Uh, the Buffalo Bills have laid a blueprint on how a quarterback should be developed once drafted, right? We're talking about stability. We don't got to worry about guys getting fired, uh, a high turnover, guys coming in and coming out, one offensive coordinator to another. I think Sam Donald is greatly affected because of that with the New York Jets. We was able to provide him some stability. We was able to uh, <clears throat> not have an ego, 
right? A lot of coaches would probably refrain from their coach learning from another coach during the off season. The Buffalo Bills understood that and they was with that uh, uh, Jordan Palmer and Josh Allen uh, working out as long as it's okay with the Buffalo Bills and they're on the same line. So I believe the Buffalo Bills organization deserve 100% credit for realizing what Josh Allen was and Josh Allen took advantage of that talking about a, a tireless worker uh, from Wyoming that's going to get better as much as he practiced and being in the NFL now where you don't have to go to college, where you don't have to go to class and you can work on your game 24-7, I think he's benefited from the entire situation greatly. Oh, perfect. Perfectly said, man. Perfectly said. Both yeah, you guys. Both, both you guys. Colt, what do you think, man? Yeah, I mean, it's to me, it's it's mentality, right? It's his, it's purely his mental game. And he, you you watched Josh last year, and there was a lot of games where you you can see it in his eyes that he's just fast. He's moving very fast. His feet start moving a little faster, and then he starts doing the wrong things, or he starts missing things, and he gets quick in his eyes. And you can tell immediately in a game when he comes out now that he's calm. He's a little more collected. He knows what he's doing, and. I would have said initially before the season that it was probably Dorsey that probably was the guy that was really changing that mentality. Mm -hmm. But after this passing, you know, of his grandmother and things like that, and we hear about how close he truly is with Dable, uh, maybe it is truly Dable that is the guy that's got his mental game right. Because I think that's what was truly holding him back is just the, it's still the mental game that's stopping him a little bit, right? He's missing reads and he's doing some things. Athletically, he is super gifted, right? He's, he's perfectly built for this team. So whoever is controlling Josh Allen's mentality right now has got him in the best place he can be as far as I can see it. I'm, I'm going to take this a little bit further um, than you guys did. Um, Cause I, I've been thinking about this a lot actually. Um, and it's, Super interesting. This is proves that me and A Rich share a brain. Um, seriously, we do. We share a brain. It's it's ridiculous. I don't think we've had one argument. It's it's insane. Um, so as far as I, I'm going to break this down. So as far as mechanics and you know everything that Josh has changed from last year to this year, even from 2018 2019, you can go Jordan Palmer. You can go Ken Dorsey. Um, you can even go Brian Dable. Either of those guys, I feel like, have have done that for him. If you want to talk about play recognition and you want to talk about pre-snap reads, um, sitting in the film room, all that stuff, you can go Brian Dable. You can do Ken Dorsey. The guy that has actually put Josh in the in the best position to be successful is Brandon Bean. From year one, like A. Ritz said, they had a plan. This is our guy. We're, we're risking everything that we've talked about from when we got in the door about building a team, building a culture. We need a quarterback. We need a guy that's going to lead us to the promised land. They've done everything they said they were going to do. 2018, they started to work on, you know, thinning out the herd and trying to get, you know, draft capital so that they can, you know, get Josh. And then they got Tremaine Edmonds and they started, you know, gutting the team you know, the right way and getting rid of cap space so that when 2019 rolls around, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to piece together an offensive line. We're going to get Josh a couple of weapons. We're going to draft Devin Singletary. Um, we're going to get him a tight end in Dawson Knox, which the jury's still out on that. We can go all day on that. And then the off season happens this year and he gives him arguably the best route runner, the best guy 
in contested catches and a leader that we were told he was not, but a leader and someone who is on the same wavelength and wants it as bad as Josh does and Stefan Diggs. So I think a lot of credit has to be given to Brandon Bean. Now, Brandon Bean obviously doesn't go and watch film with Josh. He doesn't, he doesn't sit there and tell him his mechanics are off. But him and his scouting department, like Averich said, saw something in Josh, and then they realized that if we give this guy more and more and more, he can utilize and make everybody around him better. He made I firmly believe he made John Brown a heck of a lot better last year. He's using Cole Beasley like Dallas had no idea how to this year. Um, and Stefan Diggs added just it, it takes him to another level. And I mm-hmm. and and I firmly believe that we haven't even hit, and I said this Wednesday on the show, we haven't even tapped into everything we're going to get from Josh Allen. Once he is so much more comfortable and he doesn't need to use his legs, which he still might a little bit in the future, and he gets comfortable in the pocket and the game really, really slows down, I think we're going to see something extremely special. So I'm going to take some comments. Let me know what you guys think about that um, in the comment section. If you agree, disagree. I saw a comment, and I'm interested to get Jay Spence's uh, opinion on this. Um, Let me see if I can go back. There's like a million comments coming through now. Um, we got 75 watching between Facebook and YouTube. They're starting to, the comments are starting to fly through. Um, I can't find it, but the question was, and Jay Spence, we kind of talked about this um, when we did uh, the Code of Conduct podcast before the season started. Okay. If you had to pick who to re-sign, who would you pick? Matt Milano, John Feliciano, Daryl Williams. Go. Daryl Williams. Okay. I think the tackle position. Now, obviously, this season we are starting to realize how important the guard position is. But I think if we didn't have tackles who were performing well, you would even see how much more (laughs) important tackles are. Um, So I think it's very important to protect your quarterback, especially a quarterback that we talked about earlier. You know, it's like I want him to slide. And I know a rich said, like, man, I don't want to take away who Josh is and what he is. And and he's right. Like that's part of who he is. So the other times when he doesn't have to take the hits that he's not going to put himself into, then we need to protect him because the, the amount of hits that our quarterback takes needs to be at a minimum. And if he's going to automatically take two or three a game that because he's going to put himself in the position to take them, then we need to minimize the other time. So a right tackle that's playing lights out right now, give me that all day. Give me that every time. All right. Colt, what do you think, man? I think A. Rich has got to take off, right? Is he wanting to go? Oh, A. Yeah. Rich, you got to go, man. Yeah, I'm. A, I'm. A, I'm gonna get out of here. I'm gonna get out of here. But before I get out of here, Jay Spence, yes, uh, I really appreciate you for coming on the show, man. You, you, you do an excellent job. I really think you're one of the more uh, up and coming content creators we have coming up in the game right now. Um, and I, I really appreciate you for coming on and continue doing what you're doing, man. I appreciate you. I appreciate you, man. We got to connect. We got to do some things outside of this. And and so we'll get together. I know we already follow each other, but I'll make sure I reach out. We'll exchange some information. Definitely, bro. Definitely. All right. Hey, I'm going to see you later. Hey, Rich, I'll talk to you a little bit, man. All right, bro. All right. Yeah, so I I agree (laughs) with Jay Spence. I mean, uh, having the ends covered for the foreseeable future to me is why wouldn't you make that investment? I mean, and the way that Williams is playing right now, if he can even continue and trend up even more than this right now, I mean, he's 28 years old. 
I mean, I mean, there's nothing that says he can't be playing right tackle into 32, 33, 34 for the Buffalo Bills, right? If if we're winning and we're being successful, then I absolutely agree with that. I, I mean, I love Milano, but I think we're seeing a little bit as, I mean, I said it last week, Klein is playing different football right now than he was at the beginning of the season. He's not the long-term answer, but I'm not sure that Milano is either anymore with the way that the injuries continue to creep up. Yeah. It might just be time to move on altogether with that <laughs> position and try to do something different. So uh, I definitely agree that it's got to be Williams if I have to choose out of those three. And I love Feliciano, but we also saw six games without him. They weren't great, but, but Bacher and some of these other guys are starting to step up, right? And we're always going to draft offensive linemen. Right. So yep, you might you might hit again. And like you said, even with uh, Feliciano being out, we're still first in the division. So our run game wasn't great, but we still are first in the division. Um, right. And then, like you said, with Feliciano, I mean, not Feliciano, with. Um, why am I? Dude, I'm having a brain fart like crazy tonight. With, uh, uh, with uh, Milano. Or, uh, no, my guy Milano. Milano. Yeah. So I say this all the time. So one of my coaches. Uh, when I was a kid playing basketball, used to always say, and it just stuck with me, the best ability is availability. And if you're not available, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter how talented you are. It doesn't matter how great of a cover linebacker you are. It doesn't like none of that. It doesn't matter. You especially, have to be there. Yeah. Especially when your market's 17 million a year. Yeah. Right. Like you, yeah. you gotta be available, right? Like this, this is pretty simple for me, right? Um, and I got I got destroyed on on social media for this, but it's Daryl Williams, and it's not even a it's not even close for me. You got destroyed for that? Yeah, yeah. Everybody yeah. loves Milano. Still. Everybody, I mean, it's just, not by, I love I, him. I, I don't want to say I got, I got destroyed, but there's a lot of people who are just head over heels, and I like Matt Milano. I think that. You can see the difference in our defense when he plays. It's but he, when he plays. So my, my theory on this is let's look at Andrew Luck. And Andrew Luck was probably on pace to be a Hall of Famer. I don't know how many Super Bowls he would have won, but Andrew Luck was a special quarterback. Yeah. And they could not protect their franchise quarterback. They went from having Peyton Manning, who – Huge shoes to fill, right? Mm -hmm. Just like Jim Kelly would be for, for Josh. But you, you you get Andrew Luck, who looked like he could have been something extremely special. Mm -hmm. We'll never know because he was always injured. He was always injured because they didn't put in the time to protect him up front. You have a guy who was discarded by the Carolina Panthers, was shuffled all over their line last year, and came in here, Carolina Connection or whatever, he has been playing an all pro level at right tackle. And I don't care if we drafted Cody Ford last year. I, I don't care. I don't care if we spent a third round draft pick on Cody Ford. Darrell Williams is proving that he can be our future right tackle. And I'm not sure what the market's going to look like because of the decreased, you know, salary cap next year, if he's going to warrant a huge contract or if maybe we do sp some special things and he takes some sort of a discount to stay here because he can see, the future of this team, but I, I, I pick Williams and I got I, blown I, up because I said to your point about Ford drafting Ford, I get it. We drafted him as a right tackle, play him at right guard or play him at left guard. Yeah. He's, he would be a phenomenal guard. You have Williams at right tackle Ford at guard, 
Morris at center and then Feliciano at the other guard position. And yeah. then you got Dawkins at the, that's the line that we should have. We haven't right. been able to see it, but that's right. the line that I, I feel if we have that line, we'll see what Zach Moss is. Cause I'm telling you, Zach Moss is a beast, man. I know everybody loves, was loves motor. I do too. I love motor, bro. Moss is going to be the running back that you're going to be excited about for the next five to seven years in Buffalo. I'm telling you. Yeah, I completely changed tunes because I was high on Singletary. I'm like, just look at the yards per touch. Like, mm-hmm. it's impressive. When he's involved in the game, it's impressive. And watching the Patriots game this season, watching what Moss was able to do, I was like, he's our three down back of the future. I love Singletary, but Moss is going to be special. Um, if we can get this offensive line consistent and healthy, he's going to be special. Now, next season we'll probably see a lot more of him because we won't have – hopefully we won't have shortened off seasons and things like that, and we can get back to a regular, regularly scheduled season. Um, but so I'm glad we touched on that. Great comment. Well, I think we're going to see a ton of them real soon. He's built for the snow. I mean, he played at Utah. Utah. He's played. He's played in. He's played in cold games. He's he's the machine that is going to lead this run game for the future. Yeah. Singletary, as much as I love him, I he's a third down back, right? He's there. He's our, he's our change of pace at this point. If Moss gives gets the opportunity that I think he should get. All right. So this one's for you, Jay Spence. You you can answer this one. Does Jay Spence? Uh, I do have a YouTube channel. You can actually just search it, Jay Spence the King. Um, we just, as you all know, I just started with Buffalo Rumblings to start the uh, the YouTube channel. So actually, subscribe to Buffalo Rumblings. I'll have my link in the in the you know in the description there, and that content is coming. I'm telling you, I got some fun. I, I'm excited. I can't announce everything yet, but I'm I'm excited. I got some content coming that you're gonna want to be subscribed for. Very for cool. sure. Very cool, man. All right, so. Let's we, we talked about the AFC East. We talked about Diggs. We talked about Josh's development. So let's get kind of like a, a brief, you know, outlook, you know, realistically how you guys and I'll, I'll do we could do record predictions, I guess. How do you guys feel? Um, and Jay Spence, I'll let, I'll let you go last. So that way you can kind of dig in. Um, Colt, how do you think the Bills finish this season out? Six games left. Oddly enough. And I hate doing it because I'm a Bills fan, right? But I think we're going to go undefeated. But if I was going to put hiccups in my road, I'm going to say Pittsburgh is going to be a hiccup. And I would honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm still concerned about Denver as much as people try to talk me off of it just because of the situation. But I honestly feel like with the momentum that the defense took into that loss, even though it was a loss, that we're going to come out and we're going to be a little bit of a different team. And we've got a couple teams that we should beat fairly easily coming out of this by, I think, that could allow us to get a train rolling. But if if I'm going to be a realistic fan, I'm going to say five and one. There's got to be a drop in there somewhere. Jay Spence. Yeah, think, uh, realistically, I'm going to say four and two. Um, that Dem- same two games that we talked about earlier, that Denver and, and the Pittsburgh game. I do think Pittsburgh is very winnable. I don't I don't look at them as like a juggernaut that, you know, is just going to run through us. I think that they've won some games that they shouldn't have won. I also think that they they are very talented, but I think we match up well. And and to your point, if we if our defense has started to figure some things out, um, 
I don't think first of all, Trey White is still a top two cornerback in this league. I know absolutely this, this season hasn't quite looked like it because of the way the overall defense is played and the point differential and everything. But when you look at Trey White, Trey White is still that dude. So I'm not scared of Juju. I'm not scared of um if he's gonna cover Clay, whoever he's covering. I'm not worried about that guy. And then what I'm hoping is, um, whether it's Josh Norman, whether it's Jackson, whether it's whoever the other cornerback is, I need that cornerback to show me something. We we need our defense to stop people on third down. We need to get off the field and let our offense back on the field. So if those things are figured out, and if AJ Klein has really figured out his role, or if the coaching staff has figured out his role, and he continues to perform and produce the way he is, I think our defense can go up against any of these offenses. I would like to see our defense now go up against Kansas City, you know, the way it was when we played them before. In the 100%. comments, somebody yelled at me earlier tonight because I said I, I feel differently. I felt like Kansas City really could have blown us out, but they just chose to run the ball. If you watch the All-22, and I'm not that guy. Like, I don't want to be that that content creator. It's like, <laughs> go watch the All-22 and right. you'll see. But honest to God, if you watch the All-22, there are plays that Pat Mahomes literally – could have thrown it to three different receivers wide open and he handed the ball off like there was times where like you could see a straight lane for the running back like a like a bus could drive through it and then you also see you know two wide receivers completely open that game could have been completely out of hand and it wasn't thank god it didn't look as bad as it was because it would have made us look it would have made us look like we weren't really contenders we are um so to, for the second half of the season is is really just the Pittsburgh game. Um, the Denver game, I'm just nervous about because it's one of those games. It's a classic trap game. Like it's just mm-hmm. one of those games where it's like they they're situation built, for sure. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. And then, but the but here's the other thing. We talked a little bit about Josh Allen for MVP earlier, or, or him being part of that conversation. I did a podcast with um, this morning actually, and I think it's out now, or it'll be out first thing in the morning with. Um, with Anthony from Rumblings, with uh, Joe Marino, and with uh, Bruce Nolan. And one of the things that came up in there was that, so now we have the primetime game against uh, Pittsburgh. We have the primetime game against New England. We have the primetime game. So we have a couple primetime games where we're going to be in the media's eye. Like the Buffalo Bills will be center stage. And, and the world will be watching. Josh Allen really has the opportunity laid out in front of him to if he can come out and he can perform and win games and be clutched the way he has. Josh Allen could seriously be the MVP at the end of the season. We could be talking about the first Buffalo Bill to win MVP and over. I don't even want to throw a number. I don't even want to tell you how long it's been like this. is It's insane how long it's been since we had somebody in that conversation. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm I'm sticking to I, I picked them as twelve and four. I got a couple of games wrong, but I'm I'm sticking with twelve and four. I think they're gonna like maybe it's a little bit of the cockiness in me talking about the Miami game, but I just I feel like there's a storm coming. And what's what's crazy is the chemistry that Josh and Diggs have only playing ten games together. Seem like they had it from the jump and. These guys are going to do special things. I think the rest mm-hmm. of this season. I think going into next season, and I I just want to see what they can do in the postseason because yeah, I think it's going to be special. So, without further ado, I'm going to say I'm going to bid everybody a farewell. Jay Spence, dude, I appreciate you so much, man. We've been talking for a while offline. Um, we're going to have to do this again. 
um, do some more stuff together because I really, really appreciate your insight. Super, super, super awesome to have you on. And you always bring it, dude. And you are such a wealth of knowledge, man. It's such a great uh, opportunity to get you on. So why don't you um, tell everybody else what you guys got going on, you know, maybe the rest of this week or going into next week at, at Buffalo Rumblings. Okay. Well, uh, like I said, first, I want to thank you for having me. Uh, it's, it's been a pleasure. I know you just said all those great things about me. I appreciate it. But man, I, I respect what you guys do. You guys, you guys do it well. So anytime that you will have me, man, really just reach out and I'm here for you. If I got the time, I, I'm on it. And, uh, and vice versa. I got to get you guys. I got to get you back on, on um, the conduct. Yep. I, I got to get you on there too, man. We got to, I got to, I'm going to try to figure out something, probably maybe one Sunday um, for like the chop up, we could have everybody on or something, there you go. something, that do sounds something good. crazy. Um, but so you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at jspencetheking. Um, my podcast, The Code of Conduct, comes out every Tuesday on the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. And then Sunday, the chop-up that we were just talking about, every Sunday at 7.15 Eastern Standard Time after the second game, right before the, the Sunday night football <laughs> game. Uh, and we're off in time for you to watch it because we noticed that as soon as 8 o'clock hits, it seems Boom. like my numbers just went <laughs> So we're off right at 8 o'clock, so you don't have to worry about that. And then, uh, and then also, I have a collaborative effort with uh, Joe Miller over at Buffalo Fanatics. Uh, we still do the Hump Day Hotline every Wednesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's a blast. Last week we had a, a super pod or mega pod, whatever you want to call it. It was it was a ton of fun. So we got some fun things coming up. I don't know what we're doing this week for the buy, but we're gonna have a, we're gonna have a good time. So again, thank you, man. I appreciate. Of you course, guys. of course. And please tell Joe I said what's up. Give him my best. Yes, um, sir. I, I I love Joe. You guys you guys are great together, man. You guys are an awesome team. That's um, my bestie. <laughs> he's your bestie. Yeah. Um, all right, Colt, you got anything to say before we get out of here? Uh, Jay Spence, it's been a pleasure, man. Thanks for coming yeah. on tonight. It was fun. Uh, to all the usuals in the house, thank you, Lone Wolf, you know, Daniel, all you guys, PJ, all you guys are chopping it up tonight. Thank you very much for being here. Uh, obviously, the season's going to be a war of attrition the rest of the way for the players and all of us players at home and doing our regular jobs and stuff. So thank you guys for being here. Be safe. Mask up. We love you guys. We'll see you next time. All right, I'm DM3. This has been Billsology. Special guest, Jay Spence, the king for Colt, for A. Rich. As always, go Bills. Have a good night, guys.